every family vacation, my kids break into the can-can. Can we go to the theme park? Can we go to a ball game? Can we get snacks? It can get expensive. But at Red Roof, we get a great price on clean, comfortable rooms and wake up rested and ready to hit the road again. This summer, when we rest and repeat at Red Roof, staying two separate times can earn us a free night. Plus, Ready Reward members can save up to 20% with exclusive rates. Book at redroof.com. I mean, .com. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, We have a great podcast for you today, and we also have a great sponsor, uh, and that is audible.com. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, sign up for a free trial, and check out all of the audio content that is there. And believe me when I tell you, it's more than audiobooks. Not that that isn't great on its own, but there is so much more to discover. This podcast uh, continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for a variety of uh, business areas. And that's because of the guests. Uh, These are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Remy Blumenfeld. Remy is one of the world's leading business coaches and advisors. He's contributed more than 50 articles to Forbes and has been listed by the independent newspaper as one of the 20 most influential LGBTQ people in the United Kingdom. He's been featured in the New York Times, the Sunday Times, Forbes, and Inc. His clients are leaders from across the creative sector, from film, TV, advertising, publishing, and gaming. Thanks so much for joining me today, Remy. Diane, it's my pleasure. I am thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking about a subject that, I, number one, I think is so important for you know, business owners and founders, but also um, so timely, I guess I, I would say. It's probably evergreen. You know, it's probably always timely. But it, it is about that... Um, that saboteur, that you know, inner saboteur that we have, um, and I would really like to start with asking you to share what what you think that saboteur is and how you see it affecting business owners. Yeah. So the saboteur is a voice in your head, and of course, we are all made up of many different parts you know there may be the salesman there may be the publicist there may be the shy retiring person we're we're complex beings but when we have a conversation with ourselves in our head very often the part of ourselves that we're talking to in our head is not the most helpful part very often the part of ourselves that we're communicating with is the saboteur and the saboteur I think it's helpful to think about this in terms of evolution. You know, the saboteur is the voice in our head that was designed to protect us and to be helpful um, to our survival by saying, don't try that. You've done that before and it didn't work. Um, 
And, and that's very helpful when you're going to be eaten by a bear or fall down a precipice or, you know, in, in primitive terms, it's very helpful to have a, a cautionary voice in your head that's saying, don't take that risk. Don't try that again. That could end in failure. You could get eaten by a lion. But these days, you know, when the risks we're taking are not life-threatening risks for the huge majority, that voice in our head that's there from evolution is really unhelpful because it's, it's, a, it's a constantly questioning, challenging, doubting voice that taps into environmental circumstances to remind us why whatever it is we're about to do could end us up in bad trouble. And, and the bad trouble that, that it could end us up in these days is really only failure, okay? Mm -hmm. And failure, as we know, is necessary to success. Because if you don't fail dozens of times, you won't succeed. Um, in my business, uh, before I went into coaching, I was in, I was in TV entertainment. And you, know, you had to pitch a whole lot of ideas before you got a yes. There was a saying that our industry sounds like, yes, no, 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 yes, no, 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 no. And you know, the voice in your head would always be saying, oh, don't do that. Don't pitch that show. Don't put in that proposal. You could look foolish. You could fail. It could be rejected. Who are you to do this? And I think, Diane, you know, you're right that the voice is evergreen, sadly. But in these times of, of stress and scarcity and our news waves being completely clogged with, with negative messages, our saboteur has a lot of material to work on, you know, because it, it, it doesn't take much to derail you because, you know, for a start, I mean, a very simple one is like, don't do that. It's a recession. Who will want that? It's a recession. And that immediately kind of short circuits so many things, just thinking, well, the economic times are bad. So the voice in my head that's saying, don't do that, whatever that might be, launch a new product line, start a business, hire somebody, expand, whatever it is you might be thinking of doing, when that voice in your head, your saboteur says, don't try that, there's a recession on, who do you think you are? Are you crazy? The other part of you, the part that's perhaps a little bit more optimistic and daring um, is very easily put off. So um, maybe that's a, you know, that's a helpful kind of overview of, of our saboteur, but basically the voice in your head that says, don't you try that, you'll look foolish. Don't try that, it won't work. Why are you even thinking of doing that? Who do you think you are to do it? That's the saboteur. Well, and it sounds like th there are times when uh, the saboteur sounds like the their reasoning is valid. Like the well, the example you just gave, you know, don't do that. There's a recession, right? So, so it feels like it's e we can easily convince ourselves that the saboteur is right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and the and the saboteur works on pre-existing agreements which are out there in the world, which. You know, it's, it's a part of us. So you're never going to ditch your saboteur. And I think it's perhaps even useful to, to recognize that that voice in your head has, has a place. It, it has a place. And if you think of all the different parts of yourself as being, you know, your personal board of advisors, then having one board member who's saying, don't try that, there's a recession. Don't try that, it won't work. Don't do it again, you'll look foolish. That can be okay, annoying, let's not pretend it's not annoying to have a board member like that. It's annoying, but it can be useful. I think the problem, Diane, is that for many of us alone in our heads with a board of one, the board member of one that we have is the saboteur. And until we label that board member as the saboteur and recognize that, you know, she has a value, but she's not driving us to the place where we want to go quickly or in, in a daring, courageous, ambitious imaginative way unless we realize that then we we think oh yes that's the truth well it's not the truth it's just one perspective it's just one it's one perspective and you could even argue uh, that it's a useful perspective but it, if it's the only perspective you become yeah. paralyzed because all the conversations that you're having with yourself your saboteur in your head end up in feeling defeated and feeling like 
Oh, thank goodness I didn't try that because I would have looked foolish. As though, you see, I think the saboteur believes that failing and looking foolish are the worst possible things that could happen to you. And of course, a part of you, a part of me, believes that too, because we've all had bad experiences with failing and looking foolish. And so when the saboteur, our voice in our head, says that, we listen. Whereas the reality is we should, as a good chairman of our own board, say, thank you for your contribution. I will bear that in mind and then take some other input, right? Yeah. That's, my, that's, my, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. So how does someone silence that saboteur? Great question. <laughs> and I'm afraid the answer is you, you cannot silence your saboteur. Your oh. saboteur was put there by evolution. Some people's saboteur is louder. Some people's saboteur is more frequent. However, what you can do is put your saboteur in their place. And I think the, the first thing you can do is just by recognizing it, by recognizing that that voice in my head that I'm talking with all the time is very often my saboteur. And when it creeps in, I need to recognize that that's, the, that's a perspective, but not the only perspective. So that's the one, mm -hmm. one thing. It's you know, the very first thing, but it's really important. Recognize the voice in my head is not me, it's my saboteur. And then the second thing is, um, maybe just to kind of put it in a box. So I, I think of my saboteur, Diane, like a, like a stowaway on my ship, right? Um, so I'm the captain and the captain decides where we're going to go, how we're gonna get there, how it's gonna be, who's gonna come along for the ride. And the saboteur is a stowaway who I don't really want on the ship, but they are there anyway. And they are always undermining everyone and everything. And it has a useful function, but they are a stowaway. Um, the main thing that I think is hugely important to do, and I really encourage you to do it and everyone to do it, is to recruit some other crew members. Now, this can sound a little hokey talking about, you know, imaginary people, but let's not forget that the saboteur themselves is imaginary. They're a voice in your head. So to recruit some other voices in your head and to label them clearly is also really powerful. Um, since, since we're on the call together, I, I'm curious, is there some quality that you feel, Diane, you'd like to have more of in your life? Something that, that you lack a little bit of, or maybe you, you lack it altogether, or you just like to be a little bit more something, you know? It could be creative, it could be courageous. It could, is, there, is there some quality that you feel you would love to have a little bit more of? Well, the thing that comes instantly to mind is um, I'd like to be more motivated to exercise. Great. Consistently. Great. Um, because because I'm guessing that like for you, other priorities uh -huh. take over. Yeah. 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 Um, so so your saboteur. Uh, well, we, we, we don't need to we don't need to go into what they say, but we pretty much know, you know, don't even bother. You know, yep. you're over the hill already. Don't even try, you know, all that shit. Yep. Um, and so what I would encourage you to do in that case is to recruit a team member who is really inspired to exercise. So, so this is about thinking about somebody in your life. It could be a friend or a colleague or a family member, or, or it could be somebody, you know, from TV or the movies uh, or a celebrity or historical figure, somebody who absolutely embodies that passion for exercise and makes it a priority for themselves and does it joyfully and with, with glee. And they just, you know, exercise, exercise thrills them and they champion it. Can you think of somebody, you know, who you've come across ever, who kind of brings that energy, brings that vibe to exercise? Yeah, I, the the first person who comes to interestingly Jane Fonda came to mind, but yeah, um, but but a person even closer is my daughter, and and she she's she's totally committed to finding Great. the time and the space, regardless of Great. the time of day. Great. Um, so your daughter has a name. Um, yes. So you channel her, channel her, and have her mm -hmm. be your exercise champion, like. For somebody who doesn't have a daughter who's into fitness and who's joyous about that, I would say, look, Jane Fonda's a great one. 
you know, and particularly because, you know, she's not 25, she, she's yeah. almost 80 and she definitely takes care of her posture and her exercise and it's part of her life, it's part of who she is, she's integrated into her practice and she does it with joy. So when you find that person who embodies the quality that you lack, um, rec label them, recognize them, give them a name or, or use their real name and then channel them. Because it's when you're in that place in the morning, say like for me, that's when I do my exercise and I'm thinking, I don't really want to go to the gym. And my saboteur is saying, don't even bother. It doesn't really make any difference anyway. And no one's going to see you because you're locked down in your house with no one. Yeah. So <laughs> don't go to the gym. And by the way, you know, you're over 50. So I don't even know why you're doing it. That's the saboteur. So I then, I then channel my friend Pete, who like your daughter and Jane Fonda just loves exercise and revels in it and gets energy from it and is joyous and fun about it channel him and I go what does he say and he's like let's go let's go to the gym just do it it'll be fun and it's such a different voice from the voice of the saboteur oh. and it's also in my head and imaginary but it's really really helpful you know if you're struggling with anything in your life uh whether whether it's being pushy and 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 um self-promoting you know there are dozens of people who you can channel just channel one in the end but channel them and have them be your crewmate your teammate whatever you want to call them that best describes, you know, Diane Inc. or whatever it is that you're running, you know, if it's a company, bring them on onto your personal board of advisors and just have them sitting there knowing that you can channel them. Like I, I channeled a runner, Usain Bolt, because he's, oh, he's yeah. just so determined and so looking forward and doesn't look sideways and doesn't look behind and just goes forward. So that's, a, you know, for me, he's a powerful crew member, but I also have Gandhi. I also have... Michelle Obama for her grace, because, you know, there are times when people just are really um, <laughs> abusive or, or, you know, challenging. And, and I just yeah. go, what, what would Michelle say? What would she do? And I know instantly, I know instantly, because you don't need to know a lot about people. Obviously, yeah. you know a lot about your daughter, which is great. Yeah. So that's a great person. To, but you don't need to know that much about Michelle Obama to know what she would say or do in a situation where I'm finding it hard to be graceful. Right. And that's the, and that's the secret. Having some other crew members is a really powerful first thing that you can do. Um, and I do have other things you can do as well. If you <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, mean, I love, that is such a great idea. I, I love that. I'm, I'm thrilled if you want to share others, but that, you know, definitely channeling your crew members is a, is a really, really great one. But a really important one, and I'm sure because you've had you know, many coaches on your show over the years, mm -hmm. you, you will have come across this. But doing daily affirmations mm -hmm. is a really great way to channel your saboteur. If you think in this context of your saboteur being like um, a kind of virus on your computer with, you know, your brain is the computer and the saboteur is the virus, you, you wipe it, but then it comes back. And it comes back pretty much every morning. You just need to sleep and it's back. It's back saying, don't try that. Don't do that. You'll fail. You'll look ridiculous. Why even try? And it's really powerful just to kind of override that virus with programming of your own. And that's how I think of affirmations. So the best affirmations are the ones where you say, I am beautiful. And your saboteur is screaming, no, you're not. If your saboteur is not screaming, no, you're not at least when you start to do the affirmation, then it's probably not a very useful affirmation for you because you already hmm. know that thing. You know, so I can say many things about myself um, without my saboteur even making a noise. But if I say I am beautiful or I say I am rich, my saboteur is going, no, you're not. No, you're not. Who are you kidding? Um, because these are relative things. And I think it taps into what you were sort of saying at the beginning of the show that, that's why this is such an interesting time for our saboteur, because there are certain things which we can all see are happening around us. And so when the saboteur points them out, it seems very obvious. Like, so for, that's why I think for me, beautiful and rich are particular triggers because they're very relative to the rest of the world. You know, um, mm. it's not, so, so my saboteur going, no, you're not beautiful. Well, no, compared to millions of people, I'm not. No, you're not rich, no. But it's a feeling that you have to channel in yourself. So I think doing daily affirmations where you say three times aloud, I am 
Like for you, it could be, I am joyous about fitness. Now, uh-huh. you may be thinking well, that's not true, but it becomes true the more you say it. And of course, you know, in life coaching, any kind of coaching, the quote from Henry Ford that whether you believe you can do it or whether you believe you can't do it, you're right, is such a kind of central cornerstone. And I think whether you believe you're joyous about fitness, Diane, whether you believe that you prioritize fitness in your life or whether you believe you don't becomes true. And your saboteur will always be on the negative side of that ledger. So therefore, doing an affirmation every day where you just say, I love going to the gym. I prioritize my fitness becomes becomes quite powerful. Hmm. At this time, I'd like to take a sponsor break. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. And I'm sure you know that Audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, but you might not know about the other content. There's podcasts, Audible Originals, guided meditations. Uh, My favorite thing is to be able to listen to different kinds of things all on the same platform. I think it's a time saver uh, and it's like a productivity uh, hack for me. I don't have to go jumping from one platform to another. Uh, so we're offering you a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for that free trial and then explore on your own. You know, check out the audiobooks, check out the other programs, see what really, you know, resonates with you. Interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. There is a third thing which I'll share since we're just on the topic of kind of getting rid of space for our saboteur. Right. Um, and, and that is to have a conversation with your future self at whatever point in the distance seems safely far away. I generally recommend like 20 years into the future. Having a conversation with yourself 20 years in the future is a really powerful way to get real about stuff because your saboteur kind of trades on what other people think and how you'll look and yourself age 65 or age 85 in the future really knows what matters. And so it's a way of tapping into a wisdom that you have already, but that you're not accessing. Because when we, when we say, oh, you know, yeah, my saboteur is right. I am too old to go to the gym. What difference does it make? Um, we're, we're, tap- we're, we're believing in something that, we, that our wise future self knows is not the case. Because our wise future self is such a powerful person to have on your team. Just like Jane Fonda, your wise future self knows that you will never be as fit and powerful and vital as you are today. They know that, and they're a really useful reminder of that. And their advice nearly always, I mean, consistently to all the clients I've had who use this, their advice is always, just do it. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't take yourself so seriously. And it's very helpful to tap into that wise future self. So those are the three things. Um, Find some great teammates, crewmates that embody the qualities that you lack. Um, Do daily affirmations that channel the hell out of your challenge the hell out of your saboteur so that they're screaming at you while you're doing them and then absolutely find a way to have a conversation with your future self and um i know you have resources on your website i have a link to a uh, you, you can you can basically do a guided meditation that helps you talk to your future self because it can be a little bit odd to just snap yeah. into a place <laughs> but um I, I kind of take you there gently and you meet your future self in the future. So if you want to do that, we can do that together later. So that is so great. And I want to make sure I get the link so I can put it in the show notes, you know, so people can go and do that. That would really be terrific. Um, Okay, now this is going to probably sound like an obvious question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I think people need to hear it. Why is silencing your saboteur so important? Well, you know, I could sort of flip it around and say, why is it important to set yourself goals and challenges and intentions? And, and I think most of us would, wouldn't question why. You know, it's, it's really important to say what you want for yourself and your life, what, you, what success looks like for you right now. 
It's really important to define those things. It's really important for you, for each of us to be the captain of our own ship, to be the captain of our own destiny, to figure out the course that we want to go on so that when we get there, we know it was because we wanted to go there in the first place. So once you, once you accept that, which I think most of us on some level kind of accept that, you know, the degree to which we feel in charge of our own destiny and the degree to which we've defined our own success um, correlates with how we, how we feel about ourselves, whether we feel good, whether we feel like we're, you know, we're in the zone, whether we're positive, whether we feel like we're accomplishing things. So our saboteur is absolutely dead set against you doing those things. And that's why it's so important to silence them. Now, it doesn't come from a terrible place. It comes from a place of fear. And it comes from a place of fear of failure. So no matter what it is your saboteur is saying, it is trying to steer you away from any possible failure. And, and the thing is, you know, a life without failure is a life without success. Because if you don't set intentions, which you sometimes don't meet, if you don't set yourself commitments, which you sometimes fail to achieve, if you don't have goals, which are a little bit, scary then you're just living in a very small margin of comfort which doesn't take you to any place that feels satisfying you know whether in any domain mm. whether it's travel and fun whether it's fitness whether it's personal growth whether it's whether it's finance and career whatever it is if you are living the life that your saboteur feels comfortable with which is a life where you never look foolish never fail you, you won't have done an eighth of what you're capable of, a tenth of what you're capable of. You, you just, you're, you're limiting yourself. And I guess, you know, aligned to that is, is just reevaluating for each of us what failure means for us. Because I think there's a, we live in a society in the West uh, where, you know, success is everything and failure therefore is terrible. And yet anyone who has succeeded in any measure will tell you they failed 10 times before they had one success and they yeah. failed another 12 times before they had the next success. You know, failure, success rather, takes risk. It takes, it takes huge amount of personal courage and it takes not, not being afraid of failure because if you're afraid of failure, you, you, you just can't succeed. And you know, I've, I've spoken to, met, as you have, I'm sure, many successful people over the years, and they all say the same thing. Um, and whether you look at Oprah, whether you look at Ariana Huffington, or whether you look at the founders of Airbnb, they will all tell you that it started with terrible failure from which they tried again. Now, your sab every time we fail, our saboteur says, don't do it again. Whatever, you know, if you, if you launched a business in this recession and it failed, and you had another idea for a business, your saboteur will be saying, are you crazy? What the hell are you thinking? And if you listen to that, there's no room for success. So I hope that sort of answers yeah. the question that, you know, if you listen to your saboteur, you just won't succeed in any great measure. I just think that's so profound. As you were talking about it, I, I was sitting here nodding because I was thinking, you know, I don't really think of failure as failure. I think of it as learning. And so as long as we're learning, then we're growing. So, 100%. You know, right? 100%. So, so you sort of flip it around. It, it, it's a necessary part of growth. So 100%. Totally yeah. agree. And, and, and it is, it, I totally agree. I totally agree. And yet our saboteurs don't agree with that. You know, they, yeah. they say, you know, you're not very good at it. So why are you doing it? You, you didn't succeed last time, so why do it again? They encourage us to put our energy in things where we are more likely to succeed, but that doesn't bring results. You know, we have to stretch ourselves. We have to try things over and over again to get them right. We have to not be afraid to fail, and we have to do what you do and look at failure as learning. But that is not the voice of our saboteur. That is the voice of our wise future self. Right. And you know what I find so striking about all of this is it's reminding me of um, 
a, a presentation I gave a couple years ago to a woman's group, and one of my you know one of my questions was, um, do you do you remember learning how to ride a two wheeler? Do you remember learn you know learning how to tie your shoes? But even if we go to the two wheeler, the odds are you fell down. And it many hurt. times, many times. Yeah. But you got back on. We, you know, we didn't have saboteurs when we were little. Yeah. It feels yeah. like it's an adult thing. You know, it feels like it's something that comes up once we're adults and suddenly. I, I don't know. I, yeah. Well, I think so because I think it's cumulative and I think we associate shame with failure rather than learning. You know, if we celebrate every failure rather than mourn it, if we talk about it and share it, if we communicate with other people what we learn from our failures, I've just devised a whole course which really is about sharing the sharing my failures, because that's where the learning is. The yeah. learning comes from the moments when we tried something and it didn't work. When something works perfectly well, we don't learn anything from it. Uh -uh. We don't even really know what worked. But when something fails, we do know why. And that's why we can share it with other people to have them learn from it. We can learn from it ourselves. And yet, you know, I remember feeling ashamed when I fell off that bicycle. And, you know, maybe that was because I was, you know, precocious. Or maybe it was just because underlying back even then was the sense that if we don't succeed, that's a shame. We should be good at things. We should be perfect at things. We should, we should succeed. Um, and there's so many labels, Diane, around every every emotion and every word and every, you know, but there are good words like success and happiness. And then there's bad words like failure and sadness. But failure and sadness are essential to success and joy. Yeah. And I guess if you think about our emotional spectrum as being like the notes on a piano keyboard, if you're if you're limit, if you're saying I'm not going to feel angry and I'm not going to feel sad, and I'm not going to fail, then the correlation is the notes on the other side of the piano also don't go up that high. And so you're now, you're playing with a very limited range because it's only when you can feel great anger and great sadness and experience failure and learn from it, that you, which is all, let's think about that on the left hand of the piano, not a bad note, but a, a lower register note. It's only when you have those low notes that you can have the high notes. There is nobody who has who experiences great joy who right. hasn't and doesn't experience great sadness and failure. There's no one who experiences great success who doesn't acknowledge great failure as well. Yeah, it's the yin and yang, right? If you it, didn't it have is. the bad, you wouldn't know what good was. And it's not even possible because you don't take the risk to allow it in your life. It's about the, if you think about it as a window that you're opening, it's like, if you only open it that little bit on the left, it won't open on the right either. So you just have to accept that all of those things are human. All of those things are fine. Some of them feel better in the moment than others. But if we can think about failure as, as learning, if we can think of anger as a good emotion, sadness as a useful emotion, it helps us accept those things into our life, which then makes room for more success and more joy. Is it possible that some people have really strong saboteurs because there were people in their life at, at an early impressionable stage who were naysayers, you know, who were you can't or, or who made them feel embarrassed if they quote failed at something? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, you know, likewise, it, it wouldn't surprise you to know that those same people, and, and the rest of us, by the way, um, often include people in our lives, real people, who speak to our saboteur. Because we believe in our saboteur too very often, you know, without labeling it as the saboteur, without questioning what it's saying, we just think it's the voice in our head, right? And the voice in our head can't be wrong. And so if the voice in your head is saying, you're not very smart, you're not very pretty, you're not very successful, we tend to bring real people, not, not the imaginary voice in our head now, but real people into our lives, friends and advisors and colleagues who 
support that view because mm. it's more comfortable to have people around us who support the view that we already believe. Until you realize it's, it's not me who believes that, it's my saboteur who believes that because that was an early voice of criticism, which you know may have come from my mother or my father or my teacher or whoever it was. And, um, and I don't believe it. Until we challenge it, we don't challenge the voices that are around us. And I think you know, we talked about challenging the saboteur with some kind of imaginary um, teammates, even if it's Jane Fonda or your daughter. Um, but I think the real people in our lives, the people who we surround ourselves with as friends and colleagues, are also very, very important. And, you know, if there are people in your life who agree more with your saboteur than with your captain or your future self or your sense of possibility, if there are people in your life who are holding on to a vision of you, a version of you, that is not the version that you are looking to grow towards and keeping you there and holding you back by reminding you of the same things which your saboteur says in your head in real life over coffee or zoom calls then it's really important to look at that and to to get rid of them from your life and it's it's difficult but you know we are all only as capable as powerful as resourceful as the team that surrounds us and part of that team is in our head of course and part of that team are the people who are in our life and unless yeah. we have people who are championing us and believing us and encouraging us daring us um we can't achieve what we're capable of in, in any realm. You know, I'm not just talking about material success or success of your business. I'm just talking about becoming the person that you want to be. Yeah, boy, uh, thank you so much for saying that. I, I think that is uh, really, really, really important um, for people to hear, you know, and, and to listen to. Um, we could talk about getting rid of those people from your life if you like, if you think that would be useful, because I think it's something that a lot of people often struggle with. And, you know, well, I do think it would be useful because I think an awful lot of founders um, have people who I believe from their own level of fear, try and talk them out of it, you know, out, mm -hmm. of, out of starting a business or, or whatever it is. And, and I was just in a meeting yesterday where a woman was saying that, you know, we were talking about last year and, you know, she said on one day in March, suddenly my entire business was gone and after that she built over 30 years. And she said, friends, I know her friends were telling her to go get a job. And she resisted it. Thanks. Thank goodness. But, but, you know, that feels like they were sabotaging not intentionally, they had her best interest in mind, but it wasn't mm, really where mm. she wanted to be. I think what they were doing is just what human beings do, sadly, um, which is that we all like to be right. Now you could call that smug, or you could call just, you know, that's just human. So we, we like to believe that our choices, the choices we made were the right choices. Yeah. And so, we do what we can as human beings to have other people validate our choices. So, and it's a great, it's a great example for what we're talking about right now, because if this lady who you're talking about had had in her life, other people who were entrepreneurial, who had that go-getting spirit, who were courageous, who were adventurous, they wouldn't have been saying those things. But I suspect she had people in her life who hadn't taken risks, who had perhaps at one point thought they should or might like to, but didn't, didn't become entrepreneurial. And so her failure validated their choice. And they went, well, you should get a job just like I have. You should do the safe thing just like I have. And it's, it wasn't really about them wanting the best for them. It was about them wanting the best for themselves. And the best for themselves is having them be affirmed of their choices. It's just an important thing to recognize when people give advice, um, they're very often looking for affirmation. They're looking for you to affirm their choices. That's and so in her case, you know, bringing people, so getting rid of people in your life who yeah. are dragging you down, holding you back, 
giving you messages that you don't need or want. Um, it all starts with one really important realization, which is it's you who have the power, not them. And you are responsible for the relationship. You're responsible for them being there. You're responsible for not confronting them or challenging them or standing up to them before. And the relationship has only survived as long as it has because you have allowed it to be the case. So, you know, very often people tend to blame the other person in their life. You know, I feel this way because of my colleague or I feel this way because of my brother or I feel this way because of my mother or whoever it is. And of course, when you, you know, if you're a seven-year-old child saying that, the chances are possibly that that is true to an extent. And anyway, as a child, you're not responsible. But as an adult, don't, don't make the other person wrong. Take all the responsibility on your, on your own shoulders. So like this woman you're talking about who, who had friends in her life who didn't support her uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Um, the, way to, the way to get rid of them and, you know, sometimes we don't want to get rid of them forever. We just want to limit their input or we may not want to see them once a week, but see them once a month or once a year. It's about recontracting your relationship with them. So what I said, what I always advise is just start by saying by declaring where you have not been truthful and real and authentic with them. So start by saying, you know, I feel really badly because whenever I see you, I feel, you know, a lack of strength and power and and truthfulness and i i know that that's my fault because i haven't been straight with you i haven't said to you that when you challenge my entrepreneurial spirit it really deflates me and it really affects me and i want to apologize for not being honest with you because i've sat there while you've said these things and i haven't been truthful with you so will you accept my apology so that immediately mm. makes you responsible the situation because you've allowed it to go on you've allowed it to continue you haven't said anything and you haven't been your shining gorgeous self because you have been uh feeling less than as a result of whoever the person is in your life that you're looking to recontract with and you can and you can just say um then say next you know i feel it would be really helpful for our relationship for our friendship whatever it is you have with this person i feel it'd be really useful if we in future met just once a month or if we didn't meet in person or we just confined our relationship to talking by email whatever it is you want say it and have that be the case don't keep people talking to you constantly in your life meeting them every day seeing them all the time when they're a negative influence you have to limit your negative influence and and one really good way to do that i think is to to sort of third if you like so instead of thinking about it as I, I, I the whole time, think about it like each of us is running our own ship, our own team, our own venture, whatever it is. And, and our biggest resource is ourself. So like for, you know, for Diane Inc., Diane is the biggest resource. So if something is getting Diane down or not helping her perform at her best, it's up to you as the captain of Diane Inc. to change that because she's your star performer. She's your rainmaker. You know, I always smile when celebrities talk about themselves in the third person because they are marketing a product. They are marketing something which not only they are supporting, they have a whole team of people. And whether you really have a team of people or whether it's just yourself, it's really important to manage the resource that is you. And if having people in your life or influences in your life or circumstances in your life are not helping you as the rainmaker, as the shiny creative force, you have you owe it to yourself, to, to the business, to the company, to the team to change that. And sometimes it just helps to kind of wear different hats in that situation and go, you know, I wonder how I could manage Diane better. You know, Diane doesn't prioritize exercise in the way that she would like. I wonder how I can support that. And instead of sitting in the being Diane or God forbid being the saboteur, be the be the guide, be the captain, be the CEO and go, no, it's really important to me that Diane is performing at her best. And I know she pumps endorphins when she exercises. So how can we change that? And you sit in a slightly, slightly dispassionate kind of CEO place where you're looking at 
how to manage the resource that is that part of you that needs to shine. That's that really great too. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I think that is that is great. And I really like this idea of taking ownership of the relationship because you're right. We, It's on us if we stay in a relationship that isn't serving us and we don't let the other person know how we're feeling about the the relationship or the conversations or you know the things a hundred percent and often it's because their their idea of us is stuck from a stuck in a place that's long ago you know yeah. I, I had friends in my life who I knew from or a particular friend who I knew from boarding school when we were 16 and that was his view of me and it was true to how I was then it's just not true to who I am now and somehow he couldn't shift that and that wasn't helpful to me um it certainly wasn't helpful to the friendship and so i just i had to address that and in the end yeah it, it was too hard for him to change his idea of me so i had to just say look i don't think we who i am now and who you are now are really good friends for each other even though we've been pretending to each other that we've been best friends since we were 16. Okay, but it helps so, to take responsibility, like you said. Yeah, well, and I'm really glad that you just said that part of it, too, because I was going to ask you to say something about we have to be okay with there are some relationships that aren't going to move forward. Absolutely. And we have to, we have to be, I think it really helps when you celebrate what was, you know. Mm. Um, I just saw a really powerful film with Annette. Benning playing a wife who were, whose husband had left her and it, it's called um, something gap anyway it's a new it's a new film coming out um, next oh. year and it just reminded me of how she she just needed her husband to acknowledge what a good 20 years they had had together yes the last five years had been terrible but they'd had a they had one 20 wonderful years and mm -hmm. they'd really enjoyed it and I think with a friendship, it's the same. It's really important to say, you know, um, you, were, you were the friend I needed when we started out. We had a real connection, which I treasure. And yet where, where I am now, I don't feel like I can have you in my life. Right. But it's not discounting the past. It's just, and it's not, and you should never ask them what they want, by the way. I, I know that sounds <laughs> terrible, but the thing is, if your ex, it's like if you leave a job, you, you don't, uh, you just say, I'm leaving, you know, I've had a wonderful time here. I've learned a lot. I've grown a huge amount. Um, I've loved being here, but now I'm leaving. I have another job that I'm excited by. And you have to do that. You can't, if you leave space, then it, it, it just gets very ugly and complicated. That's so funny. And it's not funny, but I, I'm thinking about my kids who, you know that they're very hardworking. They have a great work ethic, and the problem with having a great work ethic for those two is that they don't think they can just say, uh, "This has run its course." You know, it's time for me to move on to something else. They they feel like they've got to negotiate that with whoever they're working for. Yeah, and th and then that's you know that's difficult because unless there is a clear thing that they want, you know, if. I'm not suggesting that if you want your friend to change uh, and you want to give it a try, you don't create space for that. But if you know in your heart that mm. this is not the right friend for you, this is not the right job for you, you have got an another idea of where you want to be and how you want to get, then you just have to take responsibility and say it and, and don't have it be a negotiation. Just say, you know, I've loved knowing you. We got a lot out of each other, but now I'm, I can't have you in my life. Yeah. It, it, and it sounds cold, but, you have you have to do that. It has to be on you. You can't. Um, it can't be any other way. Yep. Yeah. I I completely agree with you. I'm really glad that you added that part on there. Um, Remy, I really enjoy this conversation. I think this is so important, and I'm so excited to channel uh, my daughter and Jane Fonda because I'm imagining <laughs> I can have more than one ally in my head on my team. You're saying right. you can't imagine having more than one, or you can imagine. I can. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. That's okay, right? I, mean, I would encourage you to have three or four teammates, yeah. allies, crewmates, whatever you want to call them, because they're they're just great as counterbalances to that voice that is always in your head, your saboteur. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm loving that that idea. Uh, so thank you so much. Will you tell the listeners you know, how they can find you, what you've got going on? I think the best and simplest way to go to me is the best and simplest website that I have, which is vitality.guru. Vitality.guru. That's the website. There's no .com. There's no .net. It's just vitality.guru. And then you can do the exercise where you meet your future self. You can find out about my program. We can chat. Um, and that's probably the best way. Vitality.guru. That's terrific. That is so great. Thank you. And really, I, I really appreciate this. And listeners, you know, I appreciate you and our sponsor. Uh, get a free trial of audible.com by going to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up. And get your sales strategy headed in the right direction with Succeed Without Selling, available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.